Psalm 98. You can read along in your Bibles, which are located in the pew if you would like. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. It's good to be with you this morning. And as we prepare to hear God speak to us now, will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we gather together with great joy this morning, praising you and honoring you for all that you have given us in Jesus Christ. And we ask now, Lord, as we look into your word, we ask that you would speak clearly to us. Give us ears to hear what you are saying. Give us hearts to respond to it. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would keep me out of your way. And we pray this in your name. Amen. How many of you had shouting in your home this morning? Shouts, shouts of, of any kind? Parents, parents you, you may have heard shouting. Maybe you've wanted to shout at your kids this morning. Or if you're a teenager and you have younger siblings, perhaps that was shouting going on. The shouting I'm talking about, though, is the shouting that we experienced with McRae a little bit this morning. With shouts of joy. Shouts of excitement, shouts of jubilation and happiness. And if you have kids, you probably experience that. If you've had kids, you've probably experienced that as well. Or if you remember being a kid, you remember shouting for joy on Christmas morning. Why? Well, we're in church, so we'd all like to say it's because of the birth of Jesus. But the reality probably is for most of us, and I know it's true for me, the shouts were shouts of excitement over the gifts that we received. And that probably was, was what they were this morning. I know that was true in my house. We shout about things we're excited about. We shout about things that we're um, happy about. Those are, are things that we do when good things happen, we shout for joy. We shout for joy over gifts. That's, that happened this morning, and that's okay. Now, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer on Christmas morning, but the reality is the joy that those gifts we got this morning that they gave us, it's going to be something that lasts for a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks. If you're lucky, a few months, the presents that we got today will give us joy, but only to a certain point. After a while, the joy from those things fades away. We get used to them. We forget about them. They break. We take them for granted. That happens with our Christmas presents. And so we move on to the next thing. We look for something else to get that will bring us joy and happiness at that time. And it's not because those things we got were bad. They could have been wonderful gifts. I'm sure they are. But the truth is, none of those gifts were ever meant to give us full and sustaining lifelong joy. And so my question for all of us, and I know this is a question that I need to be answering, is 
do we treat Jesus like one of those Christmas presents? Well, we're excited about him right now. It's Christmas Day. We've gathered together. This is where we should be. There's excitement. There's enthusiasm. There's joy in the birth of Jesus. But then in a few days or a few weeks or a few months, that joy in Christ fades. That happens to me far more regularly than I'd like to admit. And when, when I treat Jesus this way, when we treat him this way as just another Christmas gift, not the true Christmas gift that he is, we miss out on the one person who can give us that full and lasting and sustaining joy. The only joy that will satisfy. The only joy that's true. And so as we're together this morning, as we should be celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, we can look to the words of the psalmist to see how we can have this joy last. Now, if you have Psalm 98 open in your Bibles or even on a Bible app, you'll see that the psalm is broken down into three stanzas. It's like a preordained, God-inspired three-point sermon already put together for me. Uh, It makes my job a lot easier. But we see three stanzas of three verses each. And in each one of those stanzas, we're given a, a step to take, something to do that'll help us hold on to the joy that we have in Jesus. And that's simply to remember, to recognize, and to realize. Verses one through three are talking about the things God has done, calling us, calling his people to remember the marvelous things he's done. Those are things that only God could have done. Things like the creation of the world and of the universe, the miracles that he did in Egypt and all throughout the Old Testament, the birth of Jesus, God becoming one of us, that amazing miracle, all the healings in the New Testament, the resurrection, all of those things are the marvelous deeds that God has done, and not to mention the deeds that he has done in our own lives or in the lives of people that we love. Most of us here can probably point to at least one thing that we have seen God do in us or in somebody we know. And so we remember those things, but the psalmist points out one thing in particular that he calls us to remember. And that is, by God's right hand and his holy arm, he has worked salvation for all his people. The marvelous things God has done are topped by the salvation that he alone could bring. It doesn't get more marvelous than the salvation of us, his people. That is the thing that is the most marvelous deed, and that is what the psalmist invites us to remember. God saved his people, and he did it in a remarkable way. He did it by becoming one of us, humbling himself, moving into our neighborhood, as Eugene Peterson says in his version of John in the message. And when Jesus did that, and he lived for us, he died for us, he rose from us, It was a marvelous act of salvation of his people. No other religion has a God who did that or who does that. That is a marvelous thing, and we need to remember that. But we also need to recognize that God has done things in the past, but he is doing things now. He is the king right now. You look at the last verse of that second stanza says that God is the king. We need to find joy and praise in the fact that he is king. 3,000 years ago, this psalm was written, God was king then. God is king now, and God will be king for all of eternity. He is ruling and reigning in heaven right now over all the earth, over all people. 
And because he's the king and no one else, he rules with justice, mercy, righteousness, and grace. And we can shout to the Lord with joy because of those things. God is king over all the earth and for all the earth. No one is excluded from God's gracious and loving rule. And for those who follow him, that is a cause for great joy. And we can do this when we recognize that Jesus is the king over our lives right now and over all things. So we remember what God has done. We recognize that he in Christ is ruling right now. And we need to realize that he will come again. Christmas brings great joy for us because we celebrate what God has done, because Jesus became one of us. But we also have joy in knowing and realizing that he'll come again. And when he comes again, he'll judge the world in righteousness and the people with equity. Now, for me, that's sometimes a frightening thought when I think that, that God is going to come again, that Jesus will come again and judge in righteousness because I realize how unrighteous I really am. But the psalmist sees this as something that should cause great joy within us. And that's because as God comes, he comes in grace and mercy. When we remember that Jesus came, we know that he lived for us. And then we realize that he'll be judged for us. He lived for us and he will be judged for us. And when God judges us then, he'll see Jesus and his righteous record, not our own record. And so when Jesus comes again, he judges all things as if we were him and he was us. And he will make all things new. He will make all things right. He will make things the way they are supposed to be, the way that God intended them to be. There'll be no more crying, no more pain, no more death, no more disease, none of that. We need to realize that Jesus will do this. And this causes great joy to come about in us. When God's justice is done, we will be people singing his praises filled with joy. And so we can rejoice fully in what God has done and not treat Jesus as a soon-to-be-forgotten Christmas gift. And as we do this, we remember what God has done, we recognize what he's doing now, and we realize what he will come to do. And so as we're together today and we leave this place, we celebrate the joy of Christmas together. And may we be people then whose lives show the joy that we have in and through Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you that you love us so much, that you became one of us, that you lived for us, died for us, and rose from the dead. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the marvelous deeds you have done. Thank you for the deeds you are doing as you rule over all things as king. And Lord Jesus, thank you that you will come again and make all things new. Help us to remember that to recognize that, to realize that, so that we may have full and complete joy in you. We pray this all in your name. Amen.